Y'all heard. heard a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, are not related. And this is a podcast that sometimes requires extra people to help us inhale the plentiful aromas of a garden full of knowledge flowers, humor bushes, and friendship grass. There's no way AI wrote that one, right? Nope, nope. Oh, I'm okay. back God, at it, everybody. We still hold something above AI. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. How are you? I so my back is killing me today and it is killing me because I guess because I'm old but also if you're like reading a book do you move a lot while you're doing it because I don't and I think I read too long and got hurt like in what position are you reading I don't know just like scrunched up on the couch or something (laughs) do I move a lot no (laughs) I'm sorry do I read a lot? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the bigger question. But yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe you should. Um, I don't know. Maybe you should sit when you read. I guess reading is dangerous. I mean, you weren't like laying on your stomach, right? I have severe back pain when I lay on my stomach. No, no. I'm sorry. I don't it know. was. I, I only do that in parks on grass. <laughs> Play on my okay. stomach and read. Yeah. Uh, my mother tells me to do like fetal position yoga when I have back pain. You know what I mean? I do. Are you going to do that? Can she tell, ask her to send me videos of her doing it so I know what to do. <laughs> okay, there's no way that would happen. Okay. <laughs> As you're telling me how you are, I realize I don't know how I am. Do you have anything else? <laughs> um, today I woke up. My back was killing me. I got to work. Oh, no. This is the sequence of events today. I got out of bed and my back hurt. And then I got dressed, got in my car, and my belt broke. Okay. Which made me feel great. And Aww. then I got to work, and no one in my department showed up. <laughs> so I was the person who had to do everything today. I'm sorry, Pete. But then, listen to this roller coaster, I was coming back to my apartment, and a lady, an, one of the sweet old ladies in my building, uh, gave me a donut <laughs> Ooh, in the okay. elevator. I mean, I don't, was it loose? It was, it, like, there was a Krispy Kreme box. Uh, of the ladies I would trust in the building, I trust this lady. Okay. So. I don't take loose food. And honestly, did you hear the rest of my day? If I get poisoned by this donut, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> you know what? That's true. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't have much exciting to say because I forgot to think about how I'm doing. I will say, Milf Manor was on yesterday. Uh, Aaron periodically thinks he's above reality TV, but then sometimes he doesn't. But like, he just couldn't look away from Milf Manor. And I'm sorry, I can't pretend Richard's not here anymore. It's really <laughs> hard. Uh, so I, I was gonna say, Richard, have you heard about Milf Manor? I have heard about it, but I know nothing about it. Tell me about it. Okay. Uh, Milf Manor. And Richard, we'll we'll introduce you formally. I just, I needed to bring you all into this. Milf Manor is a reality show where a bunch of moms and their sons are all trying to date. But the moms are trying to date all the sons and the sons are trying to date all the moms. So it's really creepy. And they'll have Mm. an activity like, all right, older ladies, it's time to show these young men how to, like, how to be good in the bedroom. So then, like, they had a bunch of fruit, and then, okay. like, they were, like, stunned, you know, be, you know, show us stuff. But, like, then their moms are in the room. So, like, this dude is just, like, you know, like, doing stuff on an orange while his mom just, like, looks at him directly. <laughs> and it was just, like, it embarrassed me that I was watching it. And Aaron was, like, this is the show you watch? But I was, like. This is riveting television. So, yeah, I recommend everybody watches Milk Manor, at least one episode. I'd say it's probably the most riveting television currently on. And I beg either of you to tell me otherwise. <laughs> uh, are moms allowed to date moms? <laughs> uh, allowed to, I guess, but I think they're all hetero. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, I, I honestly, I don't think anyone's going to end up. Plus, those boys are probably so hot. 
they are real hot. I don't think anyone's going to end up dating anyone because, like, it's too pack blocky. Like, can you imagine trying to pick someone up with your mom right next to you? Or your mom trying to pick someone up with you right next to them? I could imagine my mom trying to pick someone up for me. Yeah. Yeah, to me. yeah. <laughs> so, it's a really weird show. So, that's how I am. That doesn't really explain how I am, but whatever. Um, I do feel it is worth mentioning, for posterity's sake, that we do have a call from Alex. But we are foregoing the call from Alex because I'm unprepared and we have Richard. So we are going to jump to the icebreaker. Okay. Uh, Richard, you can choose to answer this if you want to. Oh, did you want to okay. introduce Richard now? Guys, Richard, Richard, because yes. that's name. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just Richard. Uh, yeah. I go by one name. Do you want me to say your last name or do you want to be a little mysterious? Okay, Richard is I have an uncle named Richard Phillips. Oh, okay. So Richard Honorary Phillips is our guest today who's going to tell us Honorary is my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell us about an interesting topic, but we'll keep that shrouded in secrecy till Mm -hmm. after the icebreaker. Icebreaker. Uh, guys, I want you to tell me either a mascot or spokesperson. So like, like, like a product spokesperson, like, like, let's say the tricks rabbit, you know, the lucky charms dude, uh, Mr. Clean, whatever, a spokesperson you hate and who you'd replace them with. Hmm. I think the spokesperson I hate the most, and this is dating back a while mm-hmm. is the Kool-Aid guy. Oh, come on. <laughs> Is that dating back a while? Doesn't he still exist? I don't know, but all you wanted was something nice to drink and this big giant jug would just bust through your house mm-hmm. and give you something. He just messed everything up, so I didn't really enjoy Mr. Kool-Aid. So who would you replace him with? Um, Gritty. The Philadelphia Flyers. Man. I feel like they're bringing a lot of the same <laughs> energy. The same energy, a hundred percent. But Gritty is more down to earth and more peaceable than Mr. Kool Aid, who just destroys things for I no think, apparent reason. At least the Kool Aid man like says like, oh, whatever he says, like, oh yeah, drink this Kool Aid or whatever. <laughs> Gritty doesn't even talk. He's just coming in and you're supposed to know to drink Kool Aid. When you see Gritty, don't you see yourself having a good time, though? No. <laughs> okay. But to each their own. Um. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the broken wall came with the sense of urgency that you needed to drink this. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so thirsty," and it's like, "I'm gonna bust through this wall and deliver yeah. this." <laughs> yeah, I like the cool man, but I, I get it. I wanted to do an episode on the Kool-Aid Man. Perhaps, Richard, I will for you. Please do. (laughs) We need to find out his backstory. I actually want to do a whole separate podcast only on mascots for sports and and products, but I just don't have any time, guys. I need to lose my job. (laughs) You know, you're the one that alerted me of the fact that Chuck E. Cheese's name is Charles Entertainment Cheese, or do I Okay. I can't keep... What are podcasts and what other podcasts tell me straight? Pete, do you know your mascot? So I feel like this is going to be maybe controversial, but I want to get rid of the the man on the Quaker products. Really? Why? I don't hate him, but I feel like we could do better. Like how? Like it's still going to be a person. They're going to be, like, big and scary, and we're going more for, like, earthquake. So it's a play on words? like Yeah. Quake or oath, like, you quaking. Yeah. So it looks scary how, like, a person in the midst of an earthquake? No, no, the person's so big they're causing the earthquake. Ah, okay. (laughs) Do they look like a real human, or are they, like, more like an entity? Oh, no, yeah, they look like a human. That was not what I expected. Cool. No, me neither. I honestly Googled and found a picture. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what, though? Also on this picture, I I don't like that Hawaiian punch kid. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. 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 Richard, were you saying something? 
I agree with you. I think the Quaker Oats could be updated. Yeah. For the scary large man? Yeah, a very scary large man that makes you want to eat breakfast. Kind yeah. of sounds like gritty. Um, it, why not? I think me and Peter go in the same direction. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you know what this is, Richard. And I don't know if it's an animal. I don't think it's a real thing. Did you ever see the commercials? I, Pete knows what this is. They're honeycomb cereal commercials where it was this like fuzzy ball of a animal and he would just scream, me want honeycomb. No, <laughs> I have not seen that one. Okay. Good for you. I hate it. It's so <laughs> annoying. It's like so annoying. And I would, for honeycomb, I would replace it with a sexy bee with like a big butt. I'm sorry. Like, Can you repeat that? Like just cause I wasn't big, paying attention. Wait. Be with like a big rump because don't bees have that big like like a bottom heavy? Mm. No, no one can verify if bees are bottom heavy. So like if Jessica Rabbit was a bee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. I guess. Yeah, I mean we did just spend the whole last episode talking about how people find the green M M&M and M sexy until they change their shoes. So sexy mascot sells. So I say, yeah, make a sexy bee instead of that horrible thingy. <laughs> I would send a picture of what I was talking about, but I don't know how to use tech properly. Just it was enough. called Crazy Craving. Are you, ugh, Oof. Person I remember. And he, yeah, he would just like come around in a whirlwind and say, me want honeycomb constantly. Okay, he's a marsupial. Great. Yeah. Okay. It's disgusting. A lot of energy. I'm sorry, is Gluteos <laughs> a real cereal? Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to segue. Oh wait, no, I know how to segue. We were talking about spokespeople and mascots, and what do you know? That's what we have on the show here today. Hello, Richard. I heard you used Hello, to be a mascot. Melissa. Tell us. Yes, I'm a retired. Yeah, it was true. I'm a retired mascot. So these were back in the days before we had mascot rights. So I was a mascot for about two and a half years um, in the Philadelphia area. Um, okay. primarily serving your, you know, your local birthday parties, cookouts, uh, anything that had to do with kids and large gatherings. I was the mascot for those, those things. Did you work for a larger business or were you just like a mascot for hire on your own? So what happened was when I, when I was working at this job, when, you know, we all started off working and we're working for peanuts. And I had mm-hmm. a friend who we saw was clowning on the job, actually clown because my friend was a clown. Until she told me that, you know, you could make money doing this, like work an hour and a half and you can make some good cash on the weekends being a mascot if you want to come and hang out. And I said, sure, I'll give it a try. So I was uh, primarily Alma during that time for for the most part, going to kids parties, trying to entertain, trying to do a little dance, trying not to hurt kids. Where was uh, Tickle Me Elmo at this time? This was was before Tickle Me Elmo. No, he must have been right around that time. Okay. Yeah. yeah, when he was really popular and before Elmo got into his little, uh, cancellation period. And you have, like, you didn't have any seizures while in the costume? No, I didn't. But like I okay. said, this is before costume, right? So I would really be in that costume for like an hour and a half with no breaks and no water and no bathroom breaks. And it oh. was, it was awful for a while, but it was also, it was also fun too, because I like hanging out with kids. And actually, yeah, that segues perfectly into what I'm going to cover, but we have a few more questions that I want to ask up front. Okay, mm-hmm. so did you have, like, okay, have you seen, Philly has these dudes that, I forget what they're called, but they, like, go around Philly playing the drums and someone has an Elmo costume. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have seen them on the street, yes. Did your Elmo costume look like that, or was it more official? Um, it looked- Kind of, it was a little bit more official looking than that. Okay, I guess I guess it was that. Can you get a, an official Elmo costume outside of Sesame Street, or does it basically have to be like a knockoff if you're not part of like that actual? Uh, no, you can get one. You can get a knockoff. I think Disney kind of controls it a little like, bit more. I'll get you an Elmo costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, did the comp? Oh wait, so wait, I, I I'm sorry, I'm still unclear. Did you work mm-hmm. as part of a company that like supplied you with stuff or you bought your own costume and then were for hire? I worked for a company that supplied me with stuff. It was, a, it was an entrepreneur at the time who was venturing out into comedy and um, magic, um, doing parties. Um, and he started his own company back in those days when he hired me as a mascot and other people to be clowns. 
I just have to t- to pipe in about costume quality here, uh, since we're on the topic. Did the costume stink? Sub question: <laughs> How how did it get cleaned, and who cleaned it? <laughs> Those are questions that I never asked, and it probably <laughs> did stink. But you know, after a while, when you've been in so long, it just smells normal to you. But yeah, it was probably stinking a little bit. But if we're they- going to talk about our personal. Um, <laughs> mascot experience. The closest I got was being Santa Claus, but they gave me a beard and that mustache smelled <laughs> so bad. And it was like right under my nose all day. And I was like, I want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Do they have regular laundering periods or no? Yeah. You had to, I think every week we had to launder them because it, it would be hot outside or be hot inside these buildings and you're just sweating the whole time. Sometimes yeah. I would. Get sweat in my eyes and I couldn't even see anything. I'd just be dancing around hoping I didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> okay. Now I do feel this is a perfect time to leave some of the information I do have. I will ask, you did not have an internal fan, did you? I had no internal fan, no ice packs, nothing. Okay. So I, I did a little bit of research about like Walt Disney characters and other mascots because I, I was always curious because I was only a mascot for three days for my past job, which I haven't <laughs> on the show before. And it was really hot. And I don't, no one was like, oh, you're going to do this for a half hour. They just like said, like, do it till you're done, which I should have put some rules up front. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was like Just so hot. <laughs> I didn't have peripheral vision and like I needed someone to help me because I couldn't like, it was really hard to just even function. So I, I kind of wanted to get some more details. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the weight and the heat factor of these costumes. So um, according to an article on Mental Floss, fur character costumes at Disney World can weigh as much as 47 pounds. And in 2005, the last year for which apparently this data was collected, uh, the, the weight of these costumes was blamed for at least 282 injuries. Wow. Um, in 2005, character performers uh, across the four Disney World parks, uh, 49 reports cited injuries from heavy costume heads as their cause of inj- injury. And apparently someone had to go on temporary disability after a guest picked her up in her fur costume and shook her when she was playing Minnie Mouse, which caused her to get whiplash from the weight of her costume head. That sounds traumatizing. That's rude. Yeah, I would think you'd get, like, kicked out of Disney. I um, want, you just need consent to pick me up. Yeah. And consent to put me down. <laughs> I, I think it's way stricter now. And if I, I don't like, give it to you to put me down, you're going to keep holding me until yeah, you get it. <laughs> terrifying. Uh, as for heat and discomfort, basically, uh, Disney World characters say the worst part of the job is usually just always feeling hot. Mm-hmm. Disney does warn their auditioners about this aspect of the job. Noting in their casting calls that all performers experience, quote, exposure to hot and humid weather, uh, contrary to popular belief, which is what I thought, uh, fur costumes, at least in Disney World, do not come equipped with fans. For this reason, there are very strict rules about how long character sets can last. Mm. Indoors, fur characters, so again, this is like Goofies, your Minis, your Donald Ducks, but not like your, your Belle Princesses or your and, yeah. yeah. Uh, indoors, these costume, uh, these costume characters can perform for 30 to 45 minutes before they get a 30 to 45 minute break. Outside, their set lengths depend on the heat index for employee contracts and OSHA regulations. If it's under 94 degrees Fahrenheit, performers spend about 30, 30 minutes outside, then 30 minutes inside relaxing. If the heat reaches 95 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, the characters work shorter sets, usually around 20 minutes. 29 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) According to the union contract, Disney World characters' performers should spend at least as much time resting as they do performing, and more if they're performing outside. Um, Again, like, that's for Disney. Uh, Different costume characters might have different rules. Uh, For example, Swoop, who is the mascot for the Philadelphia Eagles, Let's say you want to hire him for a promotional event or your corporate gathering. Uh, Swoop. That's going to drain our whole Patreon. I mean, Swoop (laughs) can be hired for an hour maximum and he's required to take a 15 minute break and he has to take that 15 minute break no later than 25 minutes in. 
Um, and I did do some research, like, you know, do most mascots have fans? Do they not? And according to hogtownmascots.com, mm. their blog says that, um, contrary to popular belief, many pro mascots do not have any sort of fan or pooling system, um, especially like in most theme parks. Uh, this is because uh, most mascot fans would just blow air into the costume anyway, so they're not very effective. The only real effective fan would be an exhaust fan, which takes like the hot air out. Which you can get those, but I, I think they're way more, you know, specialized and expensive. So, so I, how how um, heavy was your costume, Richard? Um, it wasn't really that heavy at all. It's probably ten to fifteen pounds. But I'm curious, where do they put these fans? Um, I so I only did like cursory look because I was seeing yeah. that almost no one has them anyway. Minnie Mouse turns around; she got a hole in the back of her head. <laughs> Just someone. They could be outside of the costume or inside of the costume. Sometimes they're in the head. It seems like you can get in all different places. There's all different types of cooling systems. Um, I tried to find a mascot costume with a cooling system. And, like, the first one I found was an eagle costume on the website mascus.com. And they're a bald eagle costume with a built-in cooling fan. It doesn't specify if it's exhaust or regular. Uh, was 1200 bucks. What? Oh, sixteen hundred. Okay. How much are you gonna say? Twelve. Yeah, so I was saying that's sixteen hundred bucks. So I was gonna ask Richard, you didn't buy your costume, but do you have any idea how much an Elmo costume costs? Oh no, I could have found out before the show because the person I worked with does sell those costumes in his in his, in his shop. So I do not know the cost of them. Business is spreading. Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you have that? Do you have that number? I'm just seeing that in 2004, as much as four hundred dollars. Mm. As like a low number. You could get an Elmo costume for just four hundred dollars. I'm and I don't know if I said the right year, so I'm going to say it again. <laughs> In okay. 2014. You said 2004. Okay, that's what I thought it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. So you know you got inflation and all that. I guess that you would bring to the table. And yeah, I think uh, if you want to go official, I'm sure there's a lot to that as well. Yeah, I guess it definitely matters, like, how good it looks. And I guess, like, there could be a costume that you zip yourself into or one with, like, a separate head that you put on top. Can you explain, like, the logistics of your costume? Yeah, I had to be zipped up in the back so the whole costume would go on and I would put my head on separately. And, of course, you know, um, that the your eyes would be in the mouth of the costume. I mean, uh, in, the, in the neck of the costume. Okay, so we could put the exhaust fan in the eyes then. Yeah. yeah. Every- Every time you get close yeah. to the kid, you're blowing on them through your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Did you um? Was it? Did you talk, or were you just one who like did motions? Never. Allowed I have to, talk. to say, I don't mm. know Richard very well, but based on his voice, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and guess that he did not. No, I did do not the talk. voice of Elmo. <laughs> yeah, I could. Do, I could do it if I wanted to. I could do that voice if I wanted to. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm not, no, I'm not. No, I'm not practiced yet. Um, yeah, I was curious because I was reading about, uh, someone was talking about like, oh, if you're going to be a mascot who talks or has certain actions, you need to make sure you're consistent. And one way to stay consistent is to have like a, a handbook for your own mascot. So were you the only Elmo that he employed at the time? I, I believe so. Yeah, I was. And I didn't have a handbook. But yeah, I was going to ask, like, is there any, like, was there any way that he was like, you need to, you know, like, like act a certain way every time or like were there any rules to being Elmo? There were no rules, just try to have fun with the kids. But I I would do my own research, watching hours and hours of Sesame Street to see how Elmo moved and can you interact with people. A little bit of what you learned <laughs> in your research. <laughs> I learned a lot about the alphabet and about numbers. But just watching the Elmo and listening to how he talked and um, some of the little crazy things he would do with kids. His, his He's got some pretty wavy arms. Yeah. Like, like yeah. maybe like a weak elbow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if a kid would come up, I would do how to tickle me elbow kind of shakes a little bit. I would do that, that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So can you walk us through like a party, what you would do with them? Um, So I would come out later in the party. The, the, the clown or magician would start off with, you know, some magic tricks. And doing interactive things with the kids, some um, balloon um, 
animals, face painting, and then I would be like the special surprise. And even though I, you know, my, my, I might have had a routine that I wanted to kind of do with the kids, once Elmo came out, all that went to hell. They would just come and run and jump on you and just start screaming and want to take pictures. And then the music would be playing and we would dance around a little bit. Um, then I, I, I would play some of the other games that they would play, kids' games, okay. and until the party was finally over and I could get out of that sweaty costume. So I have a, a a bit. What happens when a mascot character comes to a kid's birthday party? And you're going to be able to corroborate this. First, joy and pizzazz go everywhere the mascot goes. Is that true? That is true, yes. Professional mascot entertainers are fun-oriented. They aspire to leave every child fully entertained. Their objective is to make birthday celebrations a day that kids will remember for years to come. The character may even bring an extra set of acts and performances, such as juggling, magic, music, and even puppet shows, which sounds like you were part of. Not puppet, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was the puppet, yes. <laughs> Mascot characters help kids to mingle and have fun. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yes. I think that was probably the most interesting thing I learned about <laughs> about mascots in, in looking things up. Um, it's easy for kids to relate to the character. In so doing, the kids get sucked into the fun without even realizing it. A great mascot character interacts with the kids more than most entertainers can. Mm-hmm. Lastly, colorful photos are taken. Would you agree with this? Absolutely. All kinds of photos are taken, yes. Okay, good. I'm glad that, because I was, my question was going to be, do you think you have ever been captured as Elma in CPS? <laughs> 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 Fortunately, when I was doing it, this was the days before cell phones, cameras were really out. The, oh, wow. Just slightly before those days. So I'm not going to be in anybody's video probably or, or in their um, Facebook photos. All right. I all will right. say this. When you, when you talk about interacting with the kids, I grew up as a shy kid, and I would always look for those shy kids in the audience who Aww, kind of sweet. staying in the back, and I would pull them out and try to have a good time with them. Mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, because, like, the kid whose birthday it is, I mean, everybody's there to see them. Mm-hmm. They don't need any extra help. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have to pay attention to them. But, but yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> so, how well could you see? Because when I was in my costume, again, I don't think I was the right height for my costume, though, I will say that. I, I want to I... remind everybody, just in case you don't remember, Marissa was a road cone. Yes, um, it was a road I cone. can't imagine where the eyes would be. <laughs> I think I think I also oh it was a really scary costume. I think it didn't come with eyes. So we made <laughs> eyes for it. And I, I think I was seeing through a random hole. I don't even think it oh no, it had a mouth. I think I was just seeing through a random hole between the eyes and the mouth. I don't fully remember. But I needed a handler. You don't sound like you added a handler, but I mean could you see clearly? No, I could not see clearly. The hole that you can see through, that mesh hole in the in the neck, it's you don't have any peripheral vision, so you're just looking straight ahead. The kid was, you know, too short. You couldn't see that kid child at all until you <laughs> bit your head all the way down. Um, I didn't have a handler. I've run into a lot of things, trip over stuff. So that was always – I was slapstick Elmo without really meaning to be slapstick. Wow. <laughs> so let that be a lesson, listener. <laughs> if you want to tackle a mascot, go from the side. <laughs> nowadays they must have a handler and you must have like like are you familiar with how things go now like i know in disney there are strict rules and they have unions mm-hmm. but like, let's say you wanted to do that what you did like nowadays do you think there's a stricter set of rules these days oh yeah absolutely there has to be a stricter set of rules you're mentioning the fans earlier i know some mascots probably have i think they wear ice packs now when it's out okay. when it's hot outside the, yes. around their waist and they have handlers and, you know, like you mentioned before, the um, the time restrictions. Yeah. So definitely. It was before mascot rights. We had our own movement somewhere, I guess, in the mid-2010s, and now everything is great for mascots. When did you stop doing this? Oh, do we have to talk about years? It's been a while. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I will ask this, and you don't have to get specifics if you don't want to, yeah. but, like... How decent of a living could you make? Like, I mean, was it was it a pretty good paycheck? Like, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you could make being a mascot, like something like that? Well, back then I was making like about 120 an hour. 
Oh. An hour and a half with the ascot. Yeah. And and that was all under the table, so don't tell the IRS. I won't. Okay, nice. <laughs> and, and you'd be like an hour at a time or like Mm-hmm. Our, the parties would be about 90 minutes, and for about an hour, I would be the mascot. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some parties paid a little bit more. Some paid a little bit less. But it's an average around $120. So you're doing that on weekends, and when you're starting out in your career, you have no money. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I should have made It's almost as much as a pair of orange jeans. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice callback. Yeah. So I had a little excerpt from the New York Times in 2014, uh, where they talked about a neighborhood in Passaic, New Jersey, that was full of mascots. The, the mascots would go into New York City, like they would take the subway into New York City and make money in Times Square, but all of the mm-hmm. people lived in the same neighborhood back in Jersey. A On quote. Purpose? Next door, there are five Elmos, said Miguel Lazama, 27-year-old Mexican, as he stood in the kitchen of a small apartment in Passaic that he shares with two other immigrants. He pointed in another direction. On that side, a Cookie Monster and a Mini. In front, a Winnie the Pooh and a Mini. Up on Main Avenue, there are lots more. I live with a Cookie Monster, he said. After arriving in the United States in 2007, Mr. Lazama found work in landscaping and construction. But like many other performers, he followed a friend uh, into the street performer business. He invested in his own Elmo costume, buying it for $150 from a Peruvian acquaintance who had imported it from Peru, where some of the best knockoff costumes are from. Explain that because I was like, why do we need to know where everyone's from? Okay. New Peruvian made outfits can cost as much as $400 in the United States. So Richard, thank you. You already answered my follow-up question for that one, which is, did you own your costume? But um, yeah, if, if you were going to get a knockoff from Peru, I mean, that might explain hand over fist. Why all of, cause I was in New York recently and I found the costume characters horrifying. Like the mini was so like, I was like, why would anyone take a picture with it? And like, they're all like really dirty and like, yeah. just like, they just look really not. I'm like, where are you getting those? So was your Elmo, did it look, did it look clean? Did you have a dirty <laughs> Elmo? <laughs> no, I almost look pretty clean. Oh. Oh, we look good. You're that's great. I wish we looked like we we before. just stepped off of Sesame Street. That's how great we looked. Nice. Okay. I found this other article called "Discover the Joys of Mascot Life from the Very Real People Inside the Costumes," like you, Richard. Mm. Um, I took a few selections because they they prompted questions for me that I thought you could help with. Um, now this particular person is a sports mascot. Any random fan walking along along a concourse might get annoyed by a small child running past that doesn't know how disruptive they are being. But from a mascot's point of view, that child is a ball of energy, one that is lit up entirely by the idea of a large animal getting ready to hug them, goof off with them, and take a picture to remember the moment. You get to be a part of scent. Of special announcements like marriage proposals, gender reveals, or pregnancy announcements in the stands. Oh, God. Pregnancy announcements? Just bring a mascot into that? What are you doing? Richard, did you feed off children's energy? And also, what I think was one of the more memorable occasions that you donned the suit for? And also, were you part of a pregnancy announcement? <laughs> Never was part of a pregnancy announcement. Um one of the more memorable occasions I had, and I did feed it a lot off of the children's energy, and they always had a bunch of energy. Like you're at a birthday party most of the times, and they've had they have cake and juice, and they're pretty much hyped up. Um, one of my most memorable times was I was somewhere in Philadelphia, uh, or North Philadelphia, at a big giant banquet hall. I don't even know what the event was. I lost my clown. I don't know where the clown was. There was just there were probably about three or four hundred children there. That's what it seemed like. It's dark, and I've mentioned before. I can't see. It doesn't seem there's any air conditioning in this place. So I'm, it's dark. I can't see. I'm sweating. And all these kids are just buzzing around me and just accosting me from all different sides. Take me to the walk-in freezer. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they had too much energy at the time because I was getting kicked to death. 
they were just kicking me everywhere. <laughs> but you still have to maintain your Elmo poise mm-hmm. and entertain. That's a very specific action. Yeah, do you think it was intentional kicking? Or just like... Oh. No, it was intentional kicking. Yeah. <laughs> it was intentional kicking. There'd be some times where you just have great kids and sometimes kids want to find out a little bit more about what's behind the costume. Mm-hmm. So they try to pull off your head or pull off your arms or whatever they could do to see how it can get a rise out of you. But all the energy was good. They all had a good time and I left bruised and battered, but it was nice. Two, two things there. One is a note that when I was dressed with my road cone, a lady looked into the hole as close as her face could get into the hole and then said, oh, it's the little intern. So I just want that to be known. Uh, two. I'd also like to remind everyone, you were not an intern, right? Oh, no, I was never an intern at this job. I was always fully. Little in- as you may be. Yeah. Uh, second, uh, did parents. Ever step in when their kids were wilding out and kicking you or they didn't No kick? way. No, the mascot's kind of like the babysitter. Yeah. You know, the parents just go ahead and like, go, go play with that thing. And That's why out. we brought him here. So he could <laughs> yes. get beat up by the kid. <laughs> yeah. Why did you move on from doing this? I mean, not say that this is your life goal, but like what? Were you just like, I'm over it? Or were you like, this happened. I don't want this anymore. No, I think my time had come and gone. I was over it. Okay. Um, I went on my weekends back, and I would do Saturdays and Sundays like all day. So. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have a full time job on the weekdays? Yes. What? Can I ask what you did simultaneously? What I did? I did public relations. Did your public relations people know that you were doing that on weekends? No, it was not. Um, it was a, not a competitive thing with my current with my job back then. So there was no crossover. No, no, no <laughs> conflict. Of, no conflict of interest. Oh yeah, I didn't mean did it break your non compete clause? <laughs> did, did people like know? Like, this, was this basically a secret to most people you know? No. Well, the person I was actually doing, who was my clown, worked with me at this job. She's the person that introduced me to it. So yeah, people knew. You might not know the answer, but do you know if these clowns you worked with went to clown college? Yes. They did? My, yes, my friend who was a clown did go to clown college, which we found hilarious. Because I had never heard of clown college before. Sounds like we got another uh, interview <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so what, what was your, tra- was there any training to be Elmo? Or they were just like, you want to do this? Go for it. Yeah, it was a startup kind of thing. Everybody just all hands on deck. If you wanted to do be something, you could come be it. If I wanted to be a clown, they would teach me how to be a clown. I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't have gone to clown college. But the head clown there. Can't pay off the clown loans. (laughs) (laughs) Would have taught me how to be a clown and do all the magic tricks in it. What do you call those things? Animals. I have being a mascot is closer to traditional acting than many people might realize. Except rather than a camera or a theater audience, the performer is fully immersed in their audience and can interact more closely than any other traditional performer is able. They're tasked with feeling what the audience is thinking, reacting to their excitement in real time, and improvising at the drop of a hat. How would you rate your improv skills? <laughs> I would rate it probably above average because yeah, right. it was a lot. Of, it, it was a lot of improv skills. You just go with the flow. You know, you and don't I say feel no, like you just yeah. In in a career of public relations, you probably got to utilize some of that improv sensibility you know, um, that you may have picked up as Elmo, you know, in dealing with possible crises or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, yes, my crisis communication skills and my um, people skills, yes. Huh. It all came in handy. There's a business called Higher Impact Entertainment, a company that runs a highly touted one-day mascot boot camp for just under $200. You can become a quote, confident professional entertainer while also acquiring the requisite entrepreneurial skills and even learn some social media mascot strategy. Richard, how much would you charge me to teach me how to become a mascot? You paint free. Thank <laughs> <But> you. Yes, <laughs> I'll probably... <laughs> but two to $300 sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think you still, like, it's fresh enough in your mind? Do you think you could teach someone else how to be a good mascot? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Like in the industry, I'm sure it's changed since I've been in there, so I, I probably don't. I, my skills are probably are not up to date. Richard, are you familiar with furries? 
I am familiar with furries. Do you, are you familiar <laughs> enough with the mascot world to be able to tell me what degree of overlap you think there is between the world of mascotting and the world of furries, or you can't speak to that? I can't speak to that. <laughs> there, there was a very interesting, um, like it, it sort of came up as like almost like a really subtle thing, but it did get me thinking about like, and Richard, I'd love to hear your opinion on this if you have one, but like cosplaying versus mascotting in, in some ways, you know, like cosplay seems so popular right now. So you can dress up and look like a character, but I think Richard, what you were describing is that fine line between the two. You are trying to become Elmo. You're not trying to just dress up as Elmo with like great boobs and take pictures and put on Instagram. <laughs> no, back then I was not. Just trying to be Elmo, trying to have some fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels a little purer. Yes. Did you know many other mascots? No, I didn't. Um, I had a chance to meet a friend of the um, Philadelphia Phillies fanatic of once. That's the only other mascot I met. And he's uh, not officially, he's not officially the mascot, he's the friend of the mascot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the handler? What does that mean? No, he's actually that's the mascot. Like, that's like, that, oh, they, oh, oh. <laughs> but you can't, but you can't say that he's the mascot. Yes. Uh, I had one experience with the fanatic and I found it very off-putting. He like puts his butt in people's faces a lot. I would just like that to be said. That's his tail. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rough action happening, and I don't like that from my mascots. Um, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to ask. That you said that there was no training. It was all like, if you want to do this, you could be it. Were there any instances where someone came on board and they definitely just weren't up to the task? Like they they, they were in over their head trying to be a mascot or a clown? I, I don't want to put anybody on blast. Um, okay. But, yeah, they were they were – there was a person who was a clown who probably was not up to the task. Okay. And one of those tasks was just, huh? I was going to say, semi-related, has a parent ever come up and gone, you know, you're not giving me enough Elmo. Needing <laughs> 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 more Elmo. <laughs> no, man. These parents were just like, um, I think they just dropped their kids off at these birthday parties and not, and just be Happy gone. To get a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll come back an hour later and be like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> This particular guy in college spent his spare time working on a stable of skills that he would use for years to come as a mascot. Things like juggling, dancing, and learning how to ride a unicycle. Richard, (laughs) what are your complimentary (laughs) skills? Uh, My skills were dancing. That was pretty much all I could do. All right. And that's that's, that's what the um, assignment called for, too. It wasn't called for much more than than doing that. Like what kind of dancing? Were you like doing the running man or you were doing Elmo dances or you were doing both? Yeah, whatever was popular at the time, that's what I would do. Um, have you done the Macarena as Elmo? Yes. Never did the Macarena as Elmo. Damn that was, <laughs> the clown had a song list they would go through. So we would just dance to those songs. It was the same song list over and over again. So when you talk about why I got out of it, it's just the, rep- <laughs> the repetitious nature of it. Doing the same birthday songs, you know, for two straight years. Yeah. Pete, I do need to ask you, this is not icebreaker time, and this is not a question for Richard, but I do need to ask you, Pete, is there a mascot you feel like you have the skill set to embody? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I could be a villain, a non-masked villain. In- yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, did you say yes immediately, Richard? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, was I feel like, like I could, uh, like I could shake hands. You know, that sort of thing, but. I mean, those, those mascots in Disney, you can't talk. You don't think you could be one of those? I mean, it sounds really hot. I, I, I sweat a lot, even without extreme heat. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean the conditions. I just mean, do you feel like you have the temperament or the demeanor to, like, embody a character? I'd probably, like, I'd, I'd give it a go for a little while. But I don't, I don't think I could be, like, a goofy. I think I could maybe get away with a Mickey. Do you think you could be Winnie the Pooh, which is the one you love? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if I'm as affectionate as Winnie the Pooh. Is. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Uh, I can't Rick- say that I don't aspire to be, but. 
Richard, if you had to go mm-hmm. back into mascotting, would you want to go back as Elmo, or is there any other character you think you could embody better? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, man. I think I'd rather, I, I wouldn't be somebody from Mar- the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Okay. Anyone in particular? Um, Iron Man or Spider Man. Oh, okay. Whichever one dances more. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd rather be Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this particular guy too in this article is saying once you, once you get used to it, you have to keep doing it. Um, basically talking about an off season for a sports mascot. Um, it's the same as being a player on a team. It's a dumb move for them to show up in the first week of training camp without any proper training to be in shape. Mm. Uh, similarly, a mascot can't hack it that way either. So Richard, what was your fitness regime when you were Elma? <laughs> no, that's a really good point because when I first started doing it, I would come home and just be sore. Okay. Just being that for like a whole weekend. But once you just start doing it and you're in that costume for four or five hours a day, it becomes second hat. So. Well, paying you to do cardio, <laughs> sweat yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Okay. My last one is retired mascots can go in any number of directions for the rest of their working days. One guy is a marketing consultant, a non-traditional brand strategist, and a speaker. And one guy is enjoying his days as a coach and business owner. And now there is even a mascot hall of fame opening in Indiana, which I believe is open already initially conceived of as a website, but now is actually like a brick and mortar place. Nice. Richard, what are your retirement plans? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will, my retirement plans to do with kind of what you guys do. I would love to do voiceover work, which is, you know, almost like being a performer and a mascot similarly. Um, I will tell you that being a mascot does kind of help you relate to many other fields. You know, I'm in communications and knowing your audience and learning how to entertain that audience and reach, give a message out to the audience. It kind of relates to mascotting. Mm-hmm. That's a word, mascotting. It's going to be for this. <laughs> going back to the, the idea of being a shy kid. I don't know if you would qualify yourself as shy when you started doing uh, we're going to make it mascotting. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's another opportunity, you know, kind of like acting might be for a, a shy kid. You know, you get to put on a mask of some sort. You get to play a certain character. And in a way, the more you get to do that, the more you get to kind of find your own footing and voice and, and mannerisms and stuff, too. So Absolutely. would you yeah. it sounds like you would recommend if somebody was interested to just get out there and try to be a mascot. Absolutely. I definitely would. It was a lot of fun. Make uh, it affiliated with an organization though, please. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be one of these Times Square mascots where you're dirty and Marissa doesn't want to take a picture with you. I yeah, I well also I <laughs> I I would say mascotting is not for me. I do like acting. Mascotting is not for me, or at least not with someone who's not handling me. I don't, I think I mentioned at the last episode that I had to interact with Swoop from the Eagles and he was like taunting me, but I couldn't see out of my costume properly. So I couldn't respond to him properly. That's but also, crazy because doing... Eagles only have peripheral vision <laughs> <laughs> and you like, don't. Because <laughs> he was like motioning to me, but I was like, I don't know what this motioning means. And no one was around me to be like, oh, I think he's he's trying to tell you this. And so people just left mm-hmm. me. I hated it. I hated it so much. I hate it. Uh, Richard, <laughs> is there anything you you feel like you wish people knew about that mascot life that you don't? I think feel like this. Anything that people I think people should know about that mascot life. Hmm, that's a good question. Can we come back to that one? Let me think about that for a second. Yeah. How do you feel about hashtag? Mascot life. <laughs> uh, we we went to school with people who would hashtag right life. I so said I think I would tell people if you want to be a mascot, you really have to be passionate about it, kind of, and want and actually want to do it. You know, going from your experiences, that's a little cone and a little intern. If you don't, if you're not passionate about it, don't do it. But if you can handle um, the hot days and the, the the long hours and and 
you want to entertain and make kids happy, it's a good thing to do. It it actually makes you feel good when you're done with it, when you've, um, when you, when you're done a party or whatever to have those smiles on people's faces. I will say I probably would have liked it more if I was entertaining children, not grown ass. Yeah, that's where I was going. How, how different do you think it is to be like, maybe like a sports mascot with, with adults? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Do adults even want to interact with mascots? I don't get that. I mean, when I was that, they, they did. Thankfully, it was in a corporate setting, so no one could do anything <laughs> inappropriate. But I think I'd be yeah. scared to be a mascot with adults outside of a corporate setting. You can't hump that. a road cone. That just looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'll get like real weird really fast. Because you know you're going to get that acceptance from a, uh, a younger audience. I don't know if I want to do it for an adult audience. Yeah, that's how I feel about teaching, too. Yeah. In some ways, but I guess the mm-hmm. reverse. I feel like older students know what they're there for and want to learn stuff, whereas kids yeah. are just like, you have to go to school. I think, uh, I think given the choice between the two, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'd probably mm-hmm. want to entertain kids. Hopefully it's a little bit easier. <laughs> oh, and I would also like to specify Richard said I was a, a, a little intern in the little costume. That costume was gigantic, which is a large <laughs> struggle. If it was a little costume, I probably would have been fine. Um, and I think you also would have needed a handler because of the shape of a road cone. Like you had a lot of bottom that you could have just knocked into things constantly. So weird. Um, would you ever do it again, Richard? Like for a one-time event? I don't know if I could fit into a costume anymore, but yeah, I would. What do you mean? You're not a giant. You don't think you have to um, I'd just be a really fat Elmo. I don't know. I feel like. Was it a form fitting costume? <laughs> it wasn't a form fitting, no. Now we're back but, to Jessica yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely would do it again. Okay. Find me a gig, Marissa. Okay. I'll do it. I'll work on that. I mean, we have a lot of Patreon money. You want to promote y'all heard as Elmo? <laughs> and by a You lot. can just come hang out with me and Marissa dressed as Elmo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't do Elmo again. I want to be one of those Marvel characters or something oh. more, um, up to date. Yeah. What is that thing? There's not Iron Man. There's also the other dude. What is that? War Machine? So I wouldn't know they're Marvel. There's so many of them. I don't know. Oh. There are, there are a few different Never. Iron Men. Yeah. You know, like what would it take to put you back in the costume? <laughs> yeah, how much money? No, nah, I was thinking, I was thinking occasion wise, you know, oh. <laughs> like, like a graduation from high school. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, let's say you said you would not want to do it with adults. What if someone was like, I'll pay you 200 an hour, one time event. Now we're just talking event. about Richard being a whore. <laughs> 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 would you do it for like I don't know? I find the weirdest thing. What, what's weirder, Pete? A gender reveal or a pregnancy announcement? With I feel like a, a pregnancy announcement is insane for a mascot. Oh, definitely. No. Okay, it's a combination of pregnancy announcement, but you also need to take those weird photos where the lady's belly's out and like the husband's touching one side of the belly and you're touching the other side of the belly as Elmo. Do you do it? No, I don't do it. You know who would do it? Gritty. Yeah, he would. <laughs> I wouldn't do it because I feel that's a personal moment for those people, and there's no one else should be involved in it. I don't want to, you, you'll they'll probably think later, like, why do we have a mascot in our pregnancy reveal? That was really stupid. <laughs> and I don't want to be part of it. No, they're going to be like, you see that red hand? That's your real father. <laughs> oh, man. I did want to tell you both something, and I don't know if one of my last mascot experiences, you have to realize that you're a mascot and um, be situationally aware. So uh, me and my clown had gotten into an argument during before uh, an event. And we were still arguing after the event. We, you know, we performed. We did okay. We, we, we put the argument aside. Then after the event was over, we're like at the car. I'm in, a ma- I'm in an Elmo uniform. He's in a clown uniform. And we're like arguing on the street like really loud and just yelling at each other. And then we just started laughing because we were like, you know how ridiculous this must look to the rest of Philadelphia (laughs) as we stand on the side of clown and Elmo arguing and about to come to blows. So we stopped. 
One of the things that always used to like alarm me in an uncomfortable way is I would sometimes see clown performers. Now, Marissa, I know you're going to cut me off and make a big deal out of this, but I would see clown performers driving, I guess, to their next gig, but they were dressed as clowns. <laughs> and it would, it would be so like uncomfortable for me. I'd be like, you don't, you shouldn't be doing that. I let you go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it was the same the person place? that I would see over and over again, or if it like somebody who lived in the area, or if it was just, I lived in Party Central, New Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what the shit was this? You kept seeing the same looking clown in a car? Yeah. I don't recall us ever discussing this. No, I mean, why would it come up? <laughs> How do you even know that they had a job? Maybe they just lived that life. Maybe they did. Didn't we find a clown, or did I imagine this also? Wasn't there a clown dating site? Oh, I'm sure there was. I mean, I can't remember for sure, but yeah, there must and have been. I don't remember, but if so, I wonder if it's... They're just like, we're all clowns, we're on this dating site, or whether they put their clown Sona on the dating website. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we will ask the clown person if we ever get them booked for the show. (laughs) But Um, Richard, thanks very much for your insight into the world of being a costumed performer. Yes. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah. Plugs. Uh, Richard, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I have nothing to plug right now. And uh, you would not want people to follow you, know your last name. I want to stay behind the mascot shield, so let me just, I'll stay in the mystery, mysterious zone. Yeah, okay. I like it. Yes. I'm going to continuously plug Milk Manor until someone else in my life watches it, because I'm waiting for one other person to watch it. Guys, I told you. You get at me. I'll give you my Discovery Plus account. Please watch Milk Manor. It's on TLC. You can watch it on cable. It's every Sunday at 10. But if you miss it, I'll give you my account. I just want to talk about it. It is the best piece of entertainment on television right now. Pete? I was uh, I was really bored recently, and I was like, maybe I'll watch an episode of Milk Manor. And then I legitimately <laughs> had the thought, can I start partway through the season? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Start anytime. Just watch any episode. Uh, I will say a, a mutual friend, Richard, um, Kevin, our, our mutual friend, turned on Milf Manor by mistake yesterday while flipping through the channels, and he immediately said nope and then changed it. But, boy, did he miss out on some quality, quality television. Pete, I will pay you $5 to watch an episode of Milf Manor. Will you join our Patreon for $1 a month? Me? Yeah. Okay. Pete gives to our Patreon. And he periodically says, why don't I give to our Patreon? So in other words, why don't I give money to ourselves? Do you understand that? No. Good. Thank you. It makes no sense. It makes less sense than you watching Milf Manor. Pete, Pete also doesn't understand why I don't listen to our episodes, even though it's, I just said the word. Why would I want to hear them again? It's an investment in yourself, Marissa. So, it's, yeah, we haven't used the Patreon money on anything. Exactly, but when we do, oh my God, there's going to be so much cocaine. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to uh, plug oh, man. Poker Face on Peacock. Not because I love Ryan Wilson, not because I love Natasha Leone, but because I love a procedural whodunit, and I'm happy that the form has returned because of these two people's connections with people in Hollywood. We're back to, like, the old-school formula of having, like, guest stars that you recognize from other things, and they used to do this in, like, Gilligan's Island and the Love Boat and stuff all the time. So for that reason, I mean, it's a fun show anyway, but for that reason, I really hope that this turns into a new trend. I have heard people compare it to Columbo. Yeah. Yeah. Just because she asked a lot of questions oh. in a very leading way. Okay. Um, guys, uh, if you were a mascot, if you have questions about mascotting, if you want to watch Milf Manor and talk about it with me, call us at 570-COD1-1. Pete, where else can they reach out? If you were a furry or you want to produce a show that is Milf Manor, with mascots, 
then you can email us at shout at yallheard.me. You can also join our Patreon, unlike Marissa, at patreon.com slash yallheard. Don't forget, we also have a store. You can go to yallheard.me and click on shop to see some of the wonderful creations that Marissa and I have yes. to offer. Uh, last but not least, you can, uh, not, uh, like, in a non-sexual manner, slide into my DMs. Uh, and, not uh, in a MILF manner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a DILF manner. Uh, slide into my DMs at RISVANDAL. That's R-I-S-S-V-A-N-D-A-L. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you again, Richard. And, um, yeah, stay safe out there, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Take care. Yeah, hi. Hi.